All right. Well, welcome again to H2O Church. We're so glad you guys are here. Really glad that uh, we've got some uh, uh, new faces here, and uh, you're always welcome here. We're really glad to have everybody together to be able to worship. My name is Pastor Matt. Really excited to be sharing with you here today. So today we're going to be talking about listening to the voice of God. And I know for a crowd like this, for some of you, that might be a very familiar phrase about like letting God speak to us and letting God guide us. But we know a lot of people, maybe there's some new people here, and this is a very new thing to you. And you're welcome here. We're glad wherever you are in your spiritual journey, maybe that's a foreign thing to you to have God speak to you through the scriptures or speak to you through the spirit. Um, but God wants to talk to us. God wants to direct our lives. I got some extended time with God this week and was reading through 1 Samuel, and it was a really great intimate time with God. And one of the big takeaways was kind of what we're talking about here, about just letting him be our king, letting him direct our lives. And with all the voices in this world that are always imposing things upon us, all the voices inside our heads, sometimes it can be really difficult to not only hear God's voice, but to respond in a proper way to that. And so that was just something that's really been on my heart uh, the last couple weeks, and especially this week of spending time with him, letting him be my king, and just listening to this audience of one. To try to crowd out that noise or quiet the noise around us of the crowd and just hear him and be directed by him. And I was uh, directed toward this story of Telemachus. I don't know how many of you are familiar with this amazing story uh, from this martyr of the faith. And Telemachus, Telemachus was a monk. He was a very gentle man. He lived uh, way back when, uh, 390 AD, actually. And, and there's a little bit of discussion about the details of this story, but historians agree pretty much on the big details of this story, that he was this monk that just wanted to hear the voice of God, and he was really deep in prayer, and he felt like God directed him to Rome. And he didn't want to go to Rome. He didn't want to go to the big city. He was kind of a, a country kind of guy and liked the quietness. But he felt really clearly God was saying, I want you to go to Rome. So he went to Rome. And at that time, uh, they were celebrating uh, just beating the Goths in this military battle in the Roman Empire and all their victories. And they were all going to the Colosseum to see the gladiators kill each other for entertainment. And he saw these mobs of people going to the Roman Colosseum, so he just kind of followed, not knowing what was going on. And he sits there with all these people in Rome in this Colosseum, and he sees what's going on, and he's disgusted by it. He can't believe the bloodshed and the cheers and the bloodthirsty crowd that's just loving what's going on, these people with swords and spears killing each other. And he was so moved in his spirit that he just starts shouting out, in the name of Christ, Stop this. And people around him kind of just told him to shut up and, and quiet down. And he just kept yelling it. And he found himself going down to the front, yelling more and more. He jumped over the wall and got onto the sand where the gladiators were. And he was pushing gladiators apart. And the crowd kind of quieted. And that Colosseum, if you've ever seen pictures of it, the way the, the, the acoustics are, you can really hear pretty well. And he just yelled out, in the name of Christ, stop this. And the people started shouting, run him through, kill him. And in the gladiators, just anger and, and the craziness of what was going on, one of the gladiators stabbed him and killed him. And this guy was martyred 
for his stance about his disgust in what was going on. And the historians say that in just a few short years after that, the king put an end to gladiator battles. And it was probably traced back to Telemachus's incredible faith. This man was called out of the wilderness into the city to make a difference for Christ and to stand up for Christ. And even though that's a crazy, amazing, extreme story, it made me just wonder, and it makes us wonder, I hope this morning, that what kind of things are God, is God telling us? What kind of things does God have for our purpose in this life to influence the people around us? What are the things that God might be saying to us through the Scriptures or through the Spirit that if we were really listening, we might be more of a witness for Him? And that's what I want to talk about this morning and jump into His Word in Mark chapter 1. If you have a Bible, you can turn there. Uh, our verses will come up on the screen. Let me pray and ask God to speak to us uh, through Mark chapter 1. God, we thank You for this opportunity today to come together and to sing about You being our King and, and sing about having You first in our life and about being in Your presence. And what an amazing honor and privilege it is to be in a relationship with You. Lord, that doesn't bring enough awe to my life, but Lord, I want that more and more, that awe of being in a relationship with You, the Creator of the universe that loves me and, and wants to direct my life. God, we are so grateful for the times that You've spoken to our hearts and directed us and, and lead us. Lord, we would be lost. We would be purposeless without Your direction, and we need that in our lives. And so we ask that You would speak to us individually today through Your Word. In Jesus' name, Amen. So here's the big idea for today that um, when we start listening to these other voices in life or um, we focus on people pleasing, that can really lead us away from God. If we have an unhealthy view of what other people are saying and what other people expect of us, at times that can really push us off of the track of where God wants us. And I've read this section over and over again. I just love how Jesus is and his example in this passage and how that helps me quiet those voices and really be directed by him. So let's jump in and read Mark 1, starting in verse 32. That evening at sunset, they brought to him all who were sick or possessed with demons. And the whole city was gathered around the door, and he cured many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he would not permit the demons to speak because they knew him. In the morning, while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place. And there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, Everyone is searching for you. He answered, Let us go to the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. Now just to give you a little context here in the book of Mark, this is chapter 1 of Mark, and Mark was written to the Roman people. The Roman people were just, to, they were doers. 
Okay, And this audience is important because all the different Gospels kind of have their own theme. And some of them go through the Christmas story and the lineage because that would have been important to the Jewish people. And they go through his, his upbringing and, kind of, and different focuses like that. But Mark is written to these Roman people because they really cared about the actions. It wasn't just about lineage and, and heritage and things like that. It was like, show me what Jesus does. And so we jump right in in chapter 1. It skips over all of his, his youth and just jumps into what he is doing. And here we see all these people were coming to Jesus in this city. Said the whole city was gathered round because they recognized this miraculous power that Jesus had. And he's probably you know, up late. I imagine this being a, a pretty overwhelming thing with all these people coming to him and he's healing people and he's casting out demons and he's ministering to the people. And the more that this is going on, the more expectations are on him. And there's this, this, this huge crowd. And then it says early on in the morning when it was still dark, maybe probably so he could go sneak away, he goes out and he's praying. He's spending time with his father. He's getting direction from his father. And the people are looking for him. Okay? And they probably have some expectations on him. And then he tells him what they're going to do. So let me just break this into three things here and, and that I pull out of this that really speak to me because I can really struggle with listening to the crowd. I would consider myself a people pleaser. I can be making all kinds of decisions in my life because I'm trying to meet the needs of people around me or what I'm predicting that they need. And that voice in my life can be louder at times than what God is directing me to do. And that's a challenge. It's always been a challenge for me. And it's something I'm always pushing against. And so these kind of passages help me and speak to me. So here's the first point that we can pull from this is that we need to spend time in God's Word to listen and get direction. Okay, if you're one of those people that's always listening to everybody else, or you find yourself just so busy that it's a really big challenge to just sit down and spend time with God, to open up His Word and just say, God, what do you want to speak to me? Just individually, from your Word, through your Spirit, you know, give me some personal direction. That's a really important part of the Christian journey. And I know for me and, and for many of us as we're kind of entering into the summer months, for some of you, you haven't quite reached the summer, but we hope that for most of us in these coming months, the summer is a little bit quieter time, a little bit slower time. And so for me, these coming months are an important reset time for me. I'm always wanting to spend time with God. I'm always wanting to be in His Word. But in the summer months for me, it's really important that I get longer times with God to kind of get my head out from all the, the weeds and the busyness of life to, to kind of look at the big picture of my life. Where am I going with my life? Is there any blind spots in my life, God, that you want to speak to me about that sometimes I'm just so distracted and so busy that I'm not really in tuned to what he's saying? And so you and I need to be doing that on a regular basis. And again, for some of you, maybe that's a, a part of your life and that's fantastic. Maybe for some of you, that's very daunting. You don't even know what that means. And, and maybe if you spent five minutes in the Word reading and praying, that would be like a really awkward, different thing for you. 
But wherever we are on that spectrum, I encourage you to, to press into that and to push into that and just begin to ask God, how do you want to speak individually to me through your word and through your spirit? In Mark 1.35, it says, in the morning while it was still very dark, he got up and went out to a deserted place. And that verse alone just speaks to me. Not that we necessarily have to get up very early, but I think he got up very early because he wanted to get away from the people. That was a really quiet time. And he didn't just kind of hang out there in the city. He went out where nobody could find him to a deserted place. You know, do you have that mindset in your life that at times you need to escape, you know? You need to escape the world. The world is just crashing around us and we have wives and kids and work and school and just all the craziness pushing in. And, and just like Jesus had all these expectations and all these people gathered around trying to get something from him and he made this decision, this is Jesus, God in the flesh, he still needed to prioritize this and get out from where all the, the, the craziness was and to escape do you have that in your life? Do you have time? Do you have a place? You know, I, I love to go to Carter Park here. I love to go out to Agape Prayer Walk. There's some spots in my life where I kind of go and I can walk and enjoy the outdoors and I leave my phone in the car and that is one of the most freeing, wonderful things in my life to set my phone aside. I know for some of you that might stress you out to be away from your phone for a short amount of time. But to just get away from that phone and get away from people and go find a place, that's so important. You know, I, I've heard Christians say, you know, I don't need that. I'm in a constant state of prayer. I think that must be the really mature Christians, the, the ones above me, you know. I'm not at that level, you know, where I'm just in a constant state of prayer. I'm pretty easily distracted. I'm probably a little ADD, and I really need to kind of get out there and, and get away. You know, if, if my wife said to me, hey, could we go get some time alone and go out on a date? And I say, oh, silly wife. <laughs> I'm in a constant state of love for you. <laughs> I don't need a date, you know? She'd probably... What? I love you all the time. I don't need to go spend time alone with you. It's pretty similar like that with God. We need to go get time alone. It needs to be a special time set aside for Him. And you know, for me, those are the times of my life that really make me come alive. The times where I feel God is directing my life. Because a lot of things can motivate us to do what we do in our life, but nothing is more motivational in your life than your heavenly Father who loves you and has your best in mind, and He whispers something to you about what you need to do or, or what you should do. Those are the times where I feel really alive. And I love this quote. It's in, uh, in Wild at Heart. It's actually by Howard Thurman. But this quote was made popular in Wild at Heart that Eldridge wrote. And when I read this, I was like, wow, that's going to be one of my favorite quotes. And he says, don't ask what the world needs. 
Ask what makes you come alive. And go do it. Because what the world needs is people who have come alive. You know, that speaks to a people pleaser like me. Because I want to ask, what does the world need? And, and when I see what the world needs, it's a thousand things. It's a thousand expectations. And I just could spend my life just responding, just knee-jerk reactions to whatever anybody needs. Yes, you need that? Yes, 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 yes. I'll, I'll say yes to everybody because I don't want to disappoint anybody. And so I'll just say yes to everything. And it makes me feel more and more dead on the inside. But he says, ask what makes you come alive. You know, for, for us, that's God telling us something. That's God whispering to us. When he says, I want you to give this up. I want you to go do this. Here's what I've wired you to do. Say no to those other things and do this. Or I want you to influence people in this way. Man, that gives me energy. That gets me pumped up. And that's what this world needs. Not people to say yes to everything, but Christians that are alive. Christians that are passionate. Christians that have some spiritual energy because their Heavenly Father has given them something important to do that's specific to them. But I don't always live that way because I can be afraid of people. I don't want to disappoint people. And that's why I say yes to so much. Which leads us to the second point. Is for us to live this way, which is a challenge in my life every day, is, is I, don't want to, I don't want to disappoint people. Don't be afraid to disappoint people. I need to say that to myself. I need God to say that to me about every day. Don't be afraid to disappoint people. In Mark 1.37, this just blows me away that Jesus could kind of have these expectations on him and this pressure and how he responds. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, everyone is searching for you. When I read that passage, I kind of speculate on the tone. And what I speculate is that, you know, when they, when they come and Peter, this is Simon Peter, Peter finds him finally. He's at this deserted place. He's escaped. And they're walking around, maybe up in these hills or these mountains. Jesus, where are you? The people are waiting. And when they find him, he kind of looks at him with this disapproving look. Jesus, what are you doing? Everyone's looking for you. Man, I feel that in my life. Do you feel that, like the shame that people can put on you when you're trying to walk with God or you're, you're trying to do something for God? Or the shame of all the things that you haven't gotten done that just deflate you because all you think about in your mind is the to-do list that is not done. And everybody has these expectations and on you. And this is what's going on here in this verse. People were hunting for Him. And when they found him, they said, everyone's searching for you. What are you doing? You need to be over here. And we really have to be able to turn up the volume of God's voice in our lives 
and realize that when we respond to that, some people will be disappointed. And we don't have to be afraid of that. We don't have to live in fear of listening to God and, and disappointing people because He's going to direct us in good places. I went to this conference last week or two weeks ago, a pastor's conference, and they did this activity that really, really spoke to me. And there's going to be these voice bubbles that come up. And this page in our book came up with all these voice bubbles. And they asked the pastors to write in all these voice bubbles, like, what are the voices in your life? You know, so I wrote down God and my wife and kids and work and, you know, the other pastors in my life. You know, I just you just start filling it out. And and just in a short amount of time in a five minute thing, you're like, wow, there's a lot of voices in my life. You know, for you guys, you have your boss and, and other family members and family needs and you have school and professors and and other people that have called you or they've emailed you and they everybody's asking for something or people have these expectations. And then they had us stand in the middle and they assigned the other pastors to stand around us in a semicircle. And each of them was one of these voices. And he said, on the count of three, I'll just start talking to them at the same time. And, and so one, two, three. And all these voices are shouting for your attention. Incredibly stressful. Yes. I was like, okay, 30 seconds. I got it. Let's move on to the next thing. Uh, it was really overwhelming. And it's a great picture of how we really do go through our lives with, with these different expectations and, and people impressing things upon us where we may have been content in walking with God and it's trying to interrupt that. You know, uh, recently, um, my daughter uh, was getting picked up from school and we noticed a few days in a row that she seemed discouraged when, we, when she got in the car and we have a couple different vehicles that we pick her up in. And we finally kind of pulled out of her that we have this little red truck, this little red cute pickup truck, okay? And the kids love this truck because two of them, including my 11-year-old daughter, they drive this truck around our farm. And we have some dirt roads. And my 11-year-old my daughter is a great driver. She's already kind of figuring it out. So they love this little red truck because they, they're learning how to drive on it. And it's really cool. And when we've ever talked about like, hey, maybe we should get rid of the red truck. They're like, no, no, we love the red truck. Well, when we picked up Bella in this little red truck, we kind of pulled out of her that the other kids at the school were making fun of this truck. They're like, oh, that's such a little truck. What a cute little truck, like emphasizing how tiny it was. And we have kind of a more wealthy school district where they have huge, nice cars and big luxury cars and all these things. And I just noticed my daughter's countenance changing about this whole thing. This negative voice. And she, and she you know, when we finally pulled out, she said, can you pick me up in a different car? the next time. And man, I'll be honest with you, my anger was just like rising, you know? And I was getting really upset. But I kind of pulled it together and I cast some vision to her. I said, you know, mom and I, we, we choose to spend our money on certain things. We want to give to God's kingdom. We want to invest in God's kingdom. And those materialistic punks over there, oh, I didn't say that. <laughs> Maybe not so much. I did not tell her to say that <laughs> on record. 
But we have these pressures where we would be happy in life. And, and the voices can come in and disappoint us. So how did Jesus handle this? He answered, Let us go on to the neighboring towns so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do. Wow. I don't know if you catch this, if you're a people pleaser, but do you know what Jesus just did right there? They came to him and they said, Jesus, everyone is waiting for you over here. Let's go. And this blows my mind. I want to be like this in my life. He answered, you know what we're going to do? We're going to go to the next town. We're going to go to the neighboring town over there. Why? Because I want to proclaim the message there also because that is what I came to do. And I imagine him and his disciples from that spot just started walking this way. And I imagine over there was what? A whole bunch of disappointed people. Jesus just left us. I didn't get my healing yet. What is going on? But Jesus spent time with God. He's there in this quiet place and he gets his marching orders and they come and they're probably really confused because Peter said, let's go. We got to go heal some more people. And he said, no, we're going this way. And that blows me away. Because what that says to me as we're walking with Christ is that you and I can say no. God can empower you to say no in your life. For some of you, that's a word that you don't want to use very often with people. Maybe you're afraid to say no. Maybe when someone says, you know, I don't really want you to talk about Jesus to me anymore. I don't want you to live the way that you're living. I want you to do this with your life. This is what it means to be, you know, an American. This is what it means to be having money and to work and to do all these different things. And all these voices come in and you and I have to hear from God and say, no, I'm going to do this because this is what God's calling me to do. In Galatians 1.10, it says, am I now seeking the approval of man or of God? Am I trying to please man? If I'm trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. You and I cannot walk through the Christian life and be living for the approval of man. Because they're going to expect you to be a certain type of person. They're going to expect you to have a certain kind of house and a certain kind of car and the way that you dress and the way that you live. Maybe you have some people in your life that are encouraging you or tempting you to sin in your life. Maybe there's people that are really close to you that have expectations on you to walk away from God, to not pray so much, to not read the Bible. Or you're even quiet or timid in your influence toward people because you're so worried about the approval of man. 
And Paul says, am I trying to please man? Is that my purpose in life? To please everybody around me and to make everybody happy in my life? No. If I do that, I would not be a servant of Christ. You know, there's times in my life when I went to counseling for some of this area. And you know, when you go through life experiences that I won't share right now, but maybe in another teaching, there's things that can happen to you when you're young and you look at life and you think, it is my responsibility to fix everybody else's problems. It is my responsibility to make that person happy. And if I try really hard and I do it all right and I predict what they want and I I kind of live that out, predicting what other people need, maybe they'll be happy. Maybe I can fix everything. And we place this gigantic burden upon our shoulders, and that really becomes our God, our little G God. And we're just petrified, and we're, we're, we're absorbed with what everybody else thinks. And God wants to rescue us out of that. And these people in Galatia here, they were veering from the gospel. They were veering from the gospel because these other people were trying to talk them out of the truth of the gospel. That's a pretty big deal. And to please these these people, these heretics, they started to drift that way. And Paul said, what are you doing? Whose voice are you following? He said, you can't follow Christ and try to live for the approval of other people. And man, that speaks so deeply to me because I was reading this Boundaries book. It's a really good book if this is something that you struggle with and something that you want to think about a little bit further. A Boundaries book by Cloud and Townsend. And one of the quotes from the book is this, to rescue people from the natural consequences of their behavior is to render them powerless. We want to rescue people and put it upon ourselves to make them happy and to fix the things that that the Holy Spirit's doing in their life. The natural consequences of their life and their behavior. But what we're really doing is making them powerless. We're enabling them. The power for them to experience God on their own. And to go through some hard things. And this is something that I really need God to change in my life. I need God to continually tell me what He wants me to do that week. Because I have a thousand voices and a thousand expectations. And here's the crazy thing. I really do want to say yes to all of them. I want to help people. That's why I went into ministry. But ministry and other people's needs can become your God. And that can be an idol in our lives. And so, a focus on people-pleasing can lead us away from what God wants. There are strangers in our lives and loved ones that will possibly draw you away from God. So let me just give you three quick practicals. If this is something that's resonating with you and and God's speaking to you, here's a few things that I've been trying to do and I'm still growing in to, to really implement into my life even this week. Number one, 
Plan what's important first and don't move it. Okay? I'm an unorganized person. I will live by the tyranny of the urgent. And I need to plan things out better. I'm a person that doesn't just double book, okay? I triple book at times. It's pretty bad. Ask the staff around me. And I am learning to get my schedule in my phone. And I'm learning to plan out my time with God. And my time with my wife. And my time with my kids. And then to ask God, what are the really important things in my job and in my ministry that you want me to prioritize? And I need to schedule those things in first. Because when people ask me, will you do this for me? It is changing my life to say, can I think about that? Can I pray about that? This is a great sentence to have in your vocabulary, by the way. Okay, If you're a yes person, don't say yes this week. That's a challenge. Unless it's your boss and they say, I need that spreadsheet. And you say, no, I am not giving you that spreadsheet. The pastor told me to say no. Don't do that. You'll get fired. Don't do that to your professor either. You kind of know what I'm talking about here. If people ask you to do something, just say, let me think and pray about that and look at your schedule at what's important first. Secondly, recognize the voices and people that lead you away from God and say no. Maybe there's some of you right now that are in an unhealthy relationship. Maybe there's some people in your life that are nagging you to sin. Maybe they're asking you to compromise what you believe in whether that be alcohol or pornography or sexual things or, or cheating or lying or whatever. People press in and we can respond in sin. Ask God to help you recognize those voices and say no to them. Maybe God's been putting it on your heart to invite someone into this whole realm of spirituality. You know, Mother's Day next week is like one of the top three attendance church times of of the whole calendar year and maybe God's put it on your heart to invite someone to a small group or invite someone into a spiritual conversation or invite someone into uh, this this Sunday service and you're so afraid of how they'll respond that you're not obeying what God is saying you know recognize those voices and ask God to help you say no to those negative impressions And thirdly, seek to have God as your number one voice. Seek to have God as your number one voice. This tuning of our ear to what He's saying is a spiritual discipline that can get better and better in your life. If you're sitting here thinking, man, I just have no idea what you're saying. I feel very doubtful that I can hear from God through the Spirit or through His Word. God will help you with that. He loves you. He has your best in mind and He wants to communicate to you. And as you spend some time with Him and just say that to Him, say, God, I want to hear from you. Would you tune my ear to you? Would you crank up that volume so that I could hear you? And as you respond to Him in faith, He's going to speak louder and louder to you because He loves you and He has a great plan for your life. He is a great King. He knows what He's doing when He is directing our lives. And He's going to lead us into amazing places of intimacy. 
That's why he died on the cross. He died on the cross to bring you back into this intimate relationship with him. And that relationship that's made possible through the cross is so that he can communicate with you. So you can go out and spend time with him and have this relationship. That's the most important thing in our lives. And so I hope that you would press into that this week. Let's pray and ask him to do that.